Wellness Force Radio, episode 10. If you have a good model of yourself and you really can trust that and you're so aware of what you're good at, what you're not good at, then the tools become super supportive and accelerate you. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Wellness Force Radio, welcome back for another educational and inspirational show. I am your host, Josh Trent, and thank you so much for sharing a little slice of your day to hang out at the house during a workout. Wherever you are right now, thank you. My mission with this show is to find the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are the thought leaders. They are dedicating their lives to empowering others with knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. Show notes from today, as well as all the free resources, are over at wellnessforce.com slash radio. If what we talk about today on the show means something to you or resonates with you, please share it with friends or family that you care about. If you have any questions, send me an email, josh at wellnessforce.com. We depend on your ratings and reviews in iTunes to keep bringing on the best information and leaders. So please drop us a quick rating and review in iTunes today. I would so appreciate it. Now, let's get into the show. Today, I am so excited to have on one of the mentors to me in my life and the founder of SelfSpark, James Norris. James, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. We're excited to learn from you. I actually, I had heard about SelfSpark last year and really, really, really stoked to learn about the things you're doing with life hacking, biohacking, also behavior change. This is going to be a show for people who are really interested in what's working in behavior change, how to move the needle for yourselves personally. So James, I want to just, um, first of all, much gratitude for having you on the show. I know you have a busy schedule and we had to reschedule a couple of times. So thanks so much for coming on and, and making time for the Wellness Force Radio audience. I want to get a pulse on you and read a quick bio for you so the listener can understand your background a little bit, but I'm sure we're going to dive in. So let me just read this quickly here. James is a social entrepreneur and life hacker. He believes if we first change ourselves, we can better change the world. He's dedicating to leveraging the best behavioral science research and emerging technology to help individuals and organizations become happier, healthier, and more effective. He started as an entrepreneur at the age of six, selling candy during recess. Since then, he's founded or helped helped establish 22 organizations, including University for Today's Leonardo da Vinci, a civic innovation hackathon series, a sustainable fish farm, and a museum theme park hybrid. James is currently the founder and CEO of SelfSpark, a global platform for science-based life hacking events. He graduated from the University of Texas at Austin as a triple major quadruple minor. He believes in living with intention and has experienced 1,750 firsts in life. James, that is quite the bio, man. What is 1751st? <laughs> oh, wow. This is a fun one. Uh, so I have a terrible memory. I'll start with that. And what happened, I wanted, to, I wanted to remember my first kiss. So I did what any nerd does. It was a big deal. I wrote down the dates and the location and the name, that sort of thing. Uh, I had sticky notes. I've been carrying them for all my life since I was 13 years old. Uh, and I wrote that down and I started writing down more first, like the first time I shaved and the first time I, I spoke in public, first time I built an organization and I just never stopped. Uh, you know, who knew? So 
you know, I'm not going to say how many years later because I'll give away my age, but, you know, quite some time later, uh, I've got this, it's about 1800 now of these unique uh, first experiences in life. Uh, and that's just helped me live more and enjoy life more. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is mindfulness and your background with behavior change. I would love for you to just paint a quick picture of the, the things that you've been doing for the past 10 years or more in the behavior change field. I know you've followed BJ Fogg and you've done a lot of work in that arena. So um, paint a quick picture, James, for, for the listener about what you've been doing around the behavioral change zone. Yeah, so that started like I think many of the people listening uh, with just personal development, wanting to improve myself. I was about 16, uh, went through a lot of a lot of difficulties with my family and had to really raise myself to a large extent. So how do you become more effective? How do you make more money? How do you improve your wellness? Uh, how do you be more productive? So on. And I went on a personal level and then started doing it for others, started coaching people. Uh, and then started building organizations. I built a meetup group around personal development in Austin in 2007. It became the, the biggest group in Austin. Uh, and then I kept doing it. So about uh, four years ago now, we started doing some experiments with behavior change, uh, which turned into a new company called SelfSpark. It wasn't intentional, but it was just personal growth experiments with a bunch of people, helping them get stuff done and try to better themselves, achieve their life goals. Uh, so I did a lot of personal work with one-on-one with small groups and did some certifications in emotional intelligence, studied the literature really deeply, uh, started talking to a lot of the scientists, a lot of the behavior change people to get a sense of what they've learned and integrate it all into what we do now. And on your site, you have three different buckets, it looks like. It's, it's behavioral science, social change, and emerging technology. So for someone listening that's not exactly sure how these three <laughs> blend, um, maybe describe, James, how these three buckets are something that are really a, a passion source for you. Yeah, I'm going to be hard to understand, but try to frame it as someone who wants to change himself and change the world. So like, if you're listening, you care about improving yourself as a means to do more for the world. So the more impactful you can be, the better. Uh, so we look a lot at the behavioral science and emerging technology, the, the new wearables that are coming out, the new devices, the new apps, uh, to really augment that personal growth process. And you just become you know, more and more able. And when you are more and more able, then what do you do? You're probably not going to sit on the beach forever. You're probably not going to you know, relax um, when you see there's a lot of suffering out there. There's a lot of things that could be different. So I've spent more than 10 years building social enterprises, uh, trying to enable um, social change at a systemic level. So they come hand in hand when you're looking at the personal and the social. And the exciting thing for me when I was at SelfSpark, I went, um, I think it was like four months ago, right? Was that... March. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most impactful things that I've ever experienced because typically when you go to conferences around productivity or self-development or personal development, you leave, you have this beautiful emotional spike, and then you go home and there's nothing. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone has experienced this, but you know, going to maybe a Tony Robbins or, or a personal development workshop over five days, it's great. You, when you're there in that context, it's beautiful. You feel empowered, you feel energetic. But when you go home, there's just something missing. But what I loved about now, self-spark is there was a 30-day window of accountability. And this, I believe, is going to be the differentiating factor between programs that are successful and programs that aren't. Can you touch on that methodology and where you and the team came up with this 30-day accountability post-conference? Yeah. And thank you so much for attending and mentoring. It was really, having people like you really helps because um, you need that one-on-one -on -one time. 
so just as a high level, Spark Weekend is a two-day event that's designed to help you uh, use technology to accelerate your life goals. Uh, it's the first global life hacking event series, and we've done four events now in four different cities, and plus another all in. We've done something like 90 events in nine cities if you count the other versions. So it's a experiment. We're learning how to do this better and try to iterate the model. So 90 times, we're getting a little bit better finally. Uh, yeah, so we're teaching you the technologies, we're teaching you the behavioral science, we're putting you with a really amazing community of mentors and speakers, and they're giving you a space to actually learn and then do. So a big part with a lot of the other event series is they just don't have the time to really execute. And so in our case, we think people are amazing. We just got to give them some headspace, some mindfulness to, to actually tackle those things. So they pull out their laptop and get to work. They actually sign up for gym memberships or they play with a you know, headspace app or they try a new food technology and they do that while they're there. <laughs> uh, but the key is that's just the, the kickoff. Uh, what happens the 30 days later is they've got a 30-day plan, they've got a partner or set of partners, uh, and they've got all these tools to help track those changes. And then we pay them cash if they succeed. That's it. We're really trying to incentivize a behavior. It's, just, it's, a, it's not that much. Um, it's, in this case, it's 33% back on day 30. And we did an experiment this time where we went to day 60 and day 90. So come day 90, we gave almost every single dollar back to the people that achieved their goals. Because that's what we're here for. And we think if they're actually being successful at this, even though it's hard, mm. uh, that's going to help build our brand and get more folks in. And we, can, we give them the cash back. So we're doing that now. We owe them a little bit of cash. And it makes me feel fantastic to see that. Because uh, then they can also donate that to someone else so they can attend. Or if they want, they can keep, give it back to us. You know, it's up to them. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, this this is it's exciting, James, because you're you're from the moment I met you and learned about you, I knew you were a visionary, and I and I always experienced just hearing you and being in person with you, the ideas that stem from your own experience, and I think there's a lot to be said about you. You had mentioned in your past you'd had kind of a troubled upbringing, and that's what led you to really look inside and, and figure out what are the ways you can show up and be in your life. How have you harnessed the the technology of behavioral science in your own life? I know you have a lot of resources on your site. I actually downloaded the, the PDFs and the different resources you have. But is there anything that, that comes up for you when thinking about the, the upbringing and the road to where you are now after launching all these companies? Has there been a few key commonalities that you've tapped into as far as technology for behavior change that you can share with other people? Yeah. The really important thing to note is that everyone's different and you have these individual differences in the literature that really matters. So I could, I could say use Headspace or Calm as a meditation app. And that's usually the default recommendation. I use Calm myself. Um, but then you have to really get into the, the mind of the individual and see what he or she is working on with the blocks and try to customize it to them uh, really, really specific and be realistic about what they can actually integrate. So I use a lot of apps like that. Um, but... <laughs> I actually still use paper in some cases, which is one of the, like I told you I use sticky notes. I started when I was 13. I still use them. Uh, it's been a, a great technology for change for me. And you find there are other things that are not just the tech that help. Uh, so living with people who are really conscious and really into life hacking. So we live in, I think it's the first life hacker house in San Francisco. Uh, we're setting it up, trying to experiment and see what it's like to have a bunch of people who all believe the similar things. We have people doing paleo diet. Some are doing a Soylent diet, which is a food-based replacement. 
Uh, and lots of people are doing different types of exercises and mindfulness practices. So that community is also really important. But uh, we put a lot of our tools online. So after this, we'll link, uh, find all the ones that we recommend. We've looked at about 750 different tools and techniques for behavior change and tried to rank the, one, the ones that we thought were most effective. Uh, unfortunately, it's hard to know globally because there's not enough good research and everyone is different. So the, the power of these devices is amazing because they're, they really fill that gap between the person taking the action and sustaining the behavior. But James, can you talk a little about the intention? I mean, the intention behind these tools is a lot more powerful than, than the technology itself. We have, uh, you know, muse that the head tracking, uh, mm -hmm. for, for brainwaves, we have step counting, we have fitness devices. I mean, even at the quantified self conference, you saw a convergence of pharmaceutical, medical and fitness interests all coming under one roof. Mm -hmm. But behind that though, there is a psychological framework that in my opinion, and, and maybe you can touch on this, needs a lot more work than actually using the device. So can you contrast the device versus the mentality yeah. behind it? Yeah, there is no device that's a panacea. There's no one thing that will automatically help you achieve your life goals. And anyone who's trying to sell you that is probably not being truthful. <laughs> so we've been looking, we're studying it. Uh, there are some things that are in the nootropic space. We're doing cognitive enhancement that are somewhat helpful. Uh, there are lots of uh, scales like the Withing scale is great for um, tracking your your weight because it tells you it can tell your friends uh, via social media how much you're weighing each day. Lots of things like that which you've seen, your audience has probably seen. These are great tools, but nothing replaces that uh, individual desire for what we call uh, meta growth, which is wanting to grow yourself so you can grow more, uh, wanting to get a little bit more effective or mindful, have a little bit more financial resources and time resources so that you can do more, so you can keep on upgrading yourself. And the technology is an amazing support for that. Uh, it does not replace good hard work. It doesn't replace having a really clear model of yourself, trying to understand who you really are. Like, who is Josh? What does he really stand for? What does he care about? What motivates him? Will he wake up at six in the morning on a Wednesday and do this exercise? Or will he go to bed at this time? Or will he do X, Y, Z? If you have a good model of yourself and you really can trust that and you're so aware of what you're good at, what you're not good at, then the tools become super supportive and accelerate you. But uh, right now they don't replace it. And the tools are really powerful. Like I, for example, have used the surge for over a year and I found the joy of walking again. I was like, oh, I, I used to, I used to judge walking and, and I, was, I was like a walking hater. So I would be like, you know, walking's not that great. It's not powerful enough. It's not going to induce metabolic uh, diversity, but it's such a psychological release for me. And I've had a lot of great ideas on my walks lately. So I think this double-edged sword of technology being on one side, it's driving us to be sedentary and it's driving us to do more and more and be more productive. But now with this quantified self movement and all these different digital health devices, I'm feeling like this is the other side of the sword. Mm -hmm. This is a way that now technology is giving back to us. And I know that we, we, you discussed this and you had a lot of key speakers, you know, on this topic at self spark, there was someone in particular, and I think it was the person right before Aubrey de Grey, where she talked about a trigger action plan. Yeah. Who was that? And what was that trigger action plan? Sure. Uh, Julia Galef runs a Center for uh, <coughs> Applied Rationality, CIFAR, and they're one of the most intense science-based practical approaches to becoming more rational. Uh, instrumental rationality is achieving your values. So we are doing the same with SelfSpark. We thought she was a great fit, and she taught about a trigger action plan 
which in the scientific literature means is an implementation intention, which is a mouthful. So trigger action plan is a TAP, is what they changed the name to. And it essentially is uh, training yourself to respond to a stimuli. So uh, you have a trigger. For example, you see a cookie and then you have an action plan. Whenever you see that cookie, you do what? It might be run away. It might be hide it. It might be, <laughs> it might be eat it, although that's a different goal. Maybe you're trying to gain weight. <clears throat> and so you train yourself. You do a really deep visual of it uh, and you rehearse. You actually make your body go through it until it's just a default. So I have a trigger action plan about going to bed because I have massive sleep problems and I have for 15 years. Uh, so mine is at 10 o'clock. I, I notice the alarm goes off. That's my trigger. And then I see the floor start to fill with lava. So I'm imagining like hot lava coming all around my chair and it's encouraging me to stop working. And so by 10.30, it's like, ah, must, must escape. Uh, and I have a system where I'm allowed to bring my laptop or my phone to the bed for a little bit, but I'm still going to, uh, not going to bring my charger, <laughs> not going to bring my mouse. So it's a little bit less desirable to use my, my laptop. And so I go to bed earlier. Uh, that's one trigger action plan. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I think trigger action plans. Uh, so for someone that wants to lose weight, a trigger action plan in the morning can be I'm tired. So let me create this uh, system where even though I'm tired, it means that I immediately put my shoes on. If I'll just do that one thing, I'll put my shoes on. And I had done a, a few of the things in the tiny habits program with BJ mm -hmm. Fogg about standing on one foot and flossing <laughs> one tooth and making these small but brick by brick changes in this wall of something new. Can you talk a little about what you've seen that actually makes a difference for people? Has this tiny habits program and your studies in that made an impact or what are you guys <laughs> using for self spark on that very kind of low level beginning stage for people? Yeah, that's a good question. And the, the small wins approach is what we call it. Tiny habits. Those are fantastic. People start way too big uh, in most cases. And sometimes it works, especially if you have strong accountability and you have strong will and you actually have the time and energy to do it. Most people should start with very tiny changes. Uh, so flossing one tooth is a classic example. Uh, doing one standing meal a day. Some of our speakers challenge the audience to do one standing meal over lunch every day for 30 days. Some of them challenge our audience to do 10 second plank and then do 10 second more every day. Uh, some of them challenge you to Remove one piece of clutter from your surroundings every single day. Uh, that way in 30 days, you've got rid of 30 things. Uh, some people encourage you to use like Headspace and start that program and do that. Uh, those are the kind of things that we find the right fit for you during the Spark Weekend, then set you up with a partner, set you with a plan, and have you start executing it while you're there. So you get some small wins in the beginning. Uh, and then we encourage as much as we can to the next 30 days because we know come Monday when you get back home, that's the hard part because your life is still there. So as much as we can, we get you to think about that home office environment before you go back and think about how you can implement these small wins uh, throughout the next month. James, as you were talking, I, I was thinking about what a, what a great technique for someone who wants to reduce portion size to only eat as much food as you can while you're in a plank. <laughs> that would be an interesting way to do it. Um, so like a plank like this, you've got one arm down. Yeah. Eating. <laughs> 
Well, there's a so, way. Maybe if they do that, they should, you know, get, they should be rewarded. So. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we speak on, you know, people that are trying to make small incremental changes. And you touched on a, a valid point where you said people start with too much because losing 40 pounds is done one pound at a time. And then tracing back to that as one step at a time. Yeah. But then tracing even further back, though, is their habits. And then beyond that is their belief systems. Something that I've struggled with in my own life, um, even after training 10,000 sessions as a trainer, is mm-hmm. uh, the, the negative voices in my head. And I was at QS and I heard um, Ariel, the, the founder of Muse, mm-hmm. talk about the reason that she made this device was to help silence that voice in people's heads that say, you're ugly, you're not smart enough, you can't do this. Because this constant mental chatter that happens for people and, and has happened for me for a long time yeah. is something that I don't want to ignore the fact that it's there. But I'm working on it in my own life, and I know that people who are listening can resonate that silencing these voices is something that's going to be an ever-going process. There's no finish line for this. Can you talk a little bit about the mentality of trying to just do something for a short-term goal, like losing 40 pounds or a wedding, or trying to develop this sustainable, long-term lifestyle change? That's a good question, too. I think they have to go hand-in-hand, and... Mindfulness for me has been one of the most profound things to discover. It took me a long time. I was just a rapid fire overachiever type and never taking care of my body. I didn't know how to eat, didn't know how to sleep. Uh, So it took me a long time to get to that bigger picture, the meta level. And now that I do focus a lot on that systems, on the thinking behind it, it helps. That gives you much greater focus and ability to tackle those smaller things like losing 40 pounds for a wedding. Um, if you just look at it in isolation and you forget everything else, you have a good shot of not succeeding. Uh, sometimes like straight focus is helpful, but understanding yourself behind it is going to be really key. And we all have negative self-talk. We all do it. Um, I've got a, a background in emotional intelligence with uh, Six Seconds. They taught me, taught me how to feel. Uh, one of those guys that didn't really understand it well enough. And now I... I now, like life is much more enriching, and the ups and downs you can take with a lot more uh, calm. So, yeah, I I like having short term goals, but I really want to see your life purpose. I really want to see that life goals, the ones that are really important to you. I've got twenty seven, uh, and my purpose in life, if you're curious, is to do as much good as humanly possible. Uh, that means helping enable individuals grow and society to change. So when you get clear on what you want to do and you can align all your forces behind it, that intrinsic, you just have this so much more power, so much more force to do these things. And really what you're talking about is taking someone through a journey and you've been through the journey yourself. Mm -hmm. You said you have 27 goals. Why 27? That's just when I did a deep dive and that's what came out from it. That's uh, what really mattered. And I revisit, revisit it, make sure I'm on target. I've definitely missed a lot. Uh, so then you update. We have a saying, you just notice and update. Notice where you are and update your perception of it. Maybe yes. it's not going well, maybe it's going well. Learn from it and just update your actions. There's a, there's a book that I read and it's David Dita. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this author, but it's The Way of the Superior Man. Have you read that book? Oh, 
I think I've seen a summary. I haven't read it yet. And um, but, uh, yeah. he, he talks about layers of purpose. So as, as you had mentioned, you know, constantly reevaluating, being okay with changing, but always moving forward in that direction of moving forward to mm-hmm. people, to people that have had certain things in life, like very catastrophic incidents, um, a loss of a limb, a loss of a loved one, something, a car accident, whatever it might be. Have you, have you ever worked with, or have you studied how there, what are some effective strategies for these individuals to create those first tiny steps towards this greater purpose of life and, and reestablishing themselves in the world again? Yeah, I have. Um, I've been through it. Um, so I lost my mother when I was 16 to lung cancer, which really shaked our family. And she smoked. It was a behavior change she picked up when she was 14 and stopped when she was 52. Uh, I don't want that to happen to anyone. Uh, it's just a terrible thing for, for youth to go through. And there's so many things that happen in life that rock our sense of stability, which is sort of a fiction. It's really important to start when these things happen with self-compassion, to understand that you're, you know, you're human. You're not a flawless robot. You do have um, emotional reactions, and you do have things that you need to tackle. And so a lot of times that's with support of a coach or a professional um, you could do a lot of this with self-reading and there are some tools out there as well. There are hotlines and whatnot. You can die, call right now and get support. Um, some people respond to these traumas with uh, post-traumatic growth. That's a, like the antithesis to post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, that's a really powerful framing. It's like you find meaning in this, uh, these disturbing events. So that's, it's helpful to research that and try to think about uh, how to galvanize into that. But when you're in that state, you're doing small wins, you're focusing on your mental well-being, uh, you're practicing three things you can be grateful for every day, you're doing acts of kindness if you've got the energy, uh, and you're trying to eat well. So you should be taking care of your diet. Most people in the U.S. at least don't seem to pay enough attention to how the food uh, affects their whole overall wellness and well-being. Uh, so little things like that, cutting out one fast food uh, a day and replacing it with something healthy with lots of greens. Those are the small things that seem to to help people get out of it. But um, a, a really big thing, if they have the support, draw into the community. Make sure they've got friends, family, uh, a lot of people as part of their network uh, because we're social animals and we need to grow together. <laughs> uh, Self Spark has a saying, uh, personal growth isn't just personal, it's social. So we try to do this and no matter where you are in the spectrum of growth, support is going to be helpful. Yes, we're tribal beings. I mean, we're wired for this close community for a tribe. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to thank you for sharing, James. That was really powerful for me. And um, now I, I, ha- I have a better understanding as to why you do what you do. And I, and I just want to honor that for you in the way that you're showing up in the world. So thanks. Thank you. On on top of that too, I wanted to mention, you know, when we look at wellness as a whole, you you talked about the green, green smoothies and doing these things. What is your definition of wellness? I mean, in your personal life, how would you define wellness for you? Yeah, I thought about this. So the term we love to use and I do personally is actually self-actualization, which is the ultimate human flourishing, you know, having everything in alignment. Uh, So your physical, your emotional, your cognitive, spiritual, financial, all the big components really uh, acting in some harmony. Not perfect. No one's actually going to be perfectly stable all the time, but at a point where you're free. 
point where you're able to have that every day where you wake up energized and doing the things that you love. That's the sort of wellness I'm looking for in my life and with the people I serve and what SouthSpark is trying to do. So mm. that's a love- great, that's a great definition. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's where we're coming from. Yeah. We, we have a background in the behavioral sciences and the self-actualization literature, which is you know, only a few decades old, but there's a few centuries worth of historical precedent about studying this stuff. And we're, it's strange. This is a, 50 years ago, we wouldn't have that term. In 50 years, we'll probably have a different term. We'll have a much better understanding what this means to flourish. A different layer, a different layer will surface. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the last couple of questions I had, James, I, I know you have something that you're working on right now that you're really excited about. It's the effect of altruism global. I'd love to touch on that and then possibly wrap up with just what a day looks like for you. You know, what supplements you take, <laughs> what, what apps you use and just kind of a, a unique and, and, um, uh, beautiful insight into what's going on authentically in a day for you. But, um, what, what is effective altruism global? I know you have an event coming mm-hmm. up at the Google headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. So SelfSpark does life hacking events, which is you know, efficient uh, personal growth, trying to use technology to grow yourself. The flip side on the social side is effective altruism, which is using evidence and reason to do as much good as possible. So this is a three city event happening in August. We've got Elon Musk at the Googleplex. We have Dan Arelli at Oxford and then Peter Singer, who's a famous moral philosopher in Melbourne, and so we're coordinating that and it's a 600 people are attending. We're trying to upgrade their overall performance so they can achieve more social good. So we put a lot of the self-spark uh, uh, framing into it and we're really excited about that. But uh, our biggest thing is a, spark, is a spark weekend, which you attended, which we've done in these cities and we're scaling out as well. And for my life, wow, okay. Should I, be, I should be honest here, right? <laughs> yes, we love honesty. Stuff. Well, because a lot of the listeners want to know, you know, for, for someone like you um, as a mentor to me and as someone who's really leading the charge on the edge of this productivity and of life hacking and, and, a, and a force with quantified self, what are the things that you're honestly doing in your life so that, mm-hmm. that people can garner some insights as to what they might be able to look into for progress for them? All right, let's have a morning ritual. Uh, we kick off about... 7.30 right now is when I'm waking up and usually with a pretty deep sleep with eye mask and earplugs <clears throat> to try to keep that depth. Uh, so I sleep really well, actually. But wake up, do a quick meditation, um, no more than 15 minutes. That's just to get a little bit grounded. And then going into the day, which is a lot of water, immediately going to water, immediately going to Bulletproof Coffee. So I, I, I joke, I, <laughs> I have um, coffee with my butter because I do a lot of grass-fed butter and uh, a lot of, I do raw eggs as well. So I've got a pretty good shake, shake in the morning uh, and that gets me started. The, the night before, I usually will force rank all of my tasks for the next day from uh, the most important to the last and the order I think I'm going to do. And I'll estimate how many minutes I think each will take and I'll rank them. Uh, that's on a whiteboard so people, so I can see it, so my team can see it. Because I didn't mention, I live with my team in this co-living house. Uh, so it's helpful to stay on target there. But uh, first thing up is the most important thing, uh, whatever that thing is. It's not email, it's not Facebook, it's not anything like that. I stay off that until, until the afternoon. Uh, and then I do that, and then I jump into cycles, which... The body has a roughly an ultra radian rhythm of 90 to 120 minutes. There's some research on this. It's not completely sure, certain, 
But you you go up for about you know two hours, and then you start dropping in the middle of the day. So you try to cycle these these work cycles where you take a break and twenty minute break every ninety minutes, and so that's what I do throughout the day. Um, meals are paleo, actually a specific type called bulletproof. Uh, lots of veggies and grass fed meats, wild caught salmon, that sort of thing. Definitely go outside. We eat outside because getting sunshine is amazing. Touching grass is a really nice trick. Uh, just it's so strange, but try to make that happen if you can. It's great to hear you say these things because in the wellness industry and in the paleo segment, they've been talking about this for years and years and years. I know Bulletproof was one of the sponsors um, for SelfSpark and they were actually at QS and I was talking to to one of their guys and it's beyond just, you know, the cognitive benefits. It's also the anti-inflammatory benefits of what's going on when the way you structure your day around vitamin D intake, proper saturated fats and getting in all these vegetables. So it's really empowering to hear you say that and, and really eating can be, would you say that eating can be like a life hack of its own? Oh yeah. There's a lot of life hacks built in. So eating, uh, doing smaller plates will help you eat less food. Uh, doing bigger plates will help you eat more food. There's a study which if you have a, a bowl of soup and it's an infinite bowl of soup, but the participant doesn't actually know that it's being refilled constantly, they will just keep eating. <laughs> Similar things happen with popcorn and whatnot. So you can do a lot of hacks like that to uh, adjust the volume. And then a meal delivery service is my favorite life hack around food. Have someone ship the food to your door so you don't have to think about it. You don't have to actually go and stress yourself out. If you can afford that, that's an amazing thing to do because you can always get paleo all the time. Yes, that'd be, that, I would love that too. If somebody dropped off paleo at my house, that would be beautiful. So yep. is that something that you do now? You have a delivery service that brings food to the house or do you guys make all your meals? So we make our meals because we like the time the time for mindfulness. So cook in the afternoon, then that's for lunch and for dinner. Uh, It's the same food. I eat the same thing every single day and that seems to work. I have a little bit of variety. Uh, Cheat meals are fundamentally when out socializing, which is occasionally, but not too often. So it seems to work for me, but I, I constantly adjust these things just like everyone else. You should be experimenting all the time. That's the quantified self, the life hacking way to try something, take some data and see how it goes. So James, where can people learn more about what you're doing with SelfSpark and with Effective Altruism Global? All right. So you can check out selfspark.com slash wellnessforce if you'd like. We put a few of our favorite life hacks up there for you and some discounts and whatnot if you're interested in Spark Weekends. We also want people to take the license and run it in their city uh, because it's meant to be like a TEDx for life hacking. And uh, for Effective Altruism Global, it's eaglobal.org. That's eaglobal.org. Uh, all the information on that. If you'd like to attend, uh, let me know. Spots are limited. <laughs> and uh, my personal site is jamesnorris.org. So all my shenanigans, experiments, and whatnot, I put up there for people to download for free and uh, hopefully learn from and inspire their own action. Thank you, James. We'll make sure to link everything in the show notes. And it was self-spark slash wellness force. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the things that people can find there? Just if they're on their phone, maybe they can bookmark it real quick. We go into uh, the bulletproof diets, go into some of the exercises. We, we didn't get into body by science, but it's a fantastic 12 minute uh, a week workout for some people to get started if they don't have enough time. Things like that, uh, which just things to consider. You have to really go into you where you are to make the right choices, but these are stuff that, out there that we like. Mm. Thanks again for this, uh, this show and, t- and spending time with us, James. This has been really cool for me. And I know that people are going to resonate with the, with the power of what we've spoken about, man. So appreciate you coming on the show, James. 
Thank you so much, Josh. It's a pleasure. And keep doing what you're doing. We need more of this in the world. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio.